in case you didn't hear what Jesus said, in a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again. That, was, that phrase was repeated three times in this very, very short reading. So what does he mean? I think as we hear that, um, obviously Jesus uh, disappeared from the disciples upon his death um, and then came back to them in risen form, but it also applies in some sense to us um, in the post-ascension um, era when Jesus has departed from us to go to the Father, and then we will see him again fully um, when we go to join him in heaven. So what does it mean that we... Okay, when, when we hear this, then, this is what I want to say, um, we might like to think that because Jesus is saying this, we can just rejoice in our hope continually and that it won't be difficult at all to have Jesus' absence because he's told us that we're going to go and see him again. So therefore, um, life should be easy and happy and we shouldn't have anything to worry about or fear because we know that we're going to see Jesus again. Yeah? Um, But if we look at Jesus' response in the end to the disciples' questions, um, he says, I tell you most solemnly, you'll be weeping and wailing while the world will rejoice. doesn't make you really want to be a Christian, does it? Um, But he says, you'll be sorrowful and your sorrow will turn to joy. Um, It's only natural that we would, well, seek the Lord's presence. The more we get to know him, the more um, we deepen in relationship with him, then we should love him more and more. We should desire more and more to be closer to him, um, to, to have the holiness that relationship with him brings within ourselves, to enjoy the things of heaven, to enjoy that perfect communion with our brothers and sisters. But that also means for us that if we truly desire those things, if we truly have our hearts set on the kingdom and on that communion with God, that we're going to experience a certain amount of sorrow, a certain amount of frustration, a certain amount of um, disappointment because we're not experiencing that yet. If we truly have our hearts set on heaven, we're not there yet. Um, And there's a certain sorrow that we carry through this world, which if um, you take that line, I tell you most solemnly, you'll be weeping and wailing while the world will rejoice. Those who don't know about heaven, who don't know about the joy of what relationship with God will be like in the perfection of that then, they can just rejoice in what's here and now. Whereas we know there is something that's infinitely greater um, that has captured our hearts and that's what we desire more than anything. And that's going to make us somewhat sorrowful, um, at least at some points in our life. We're going to desire that with, with, a, with a, a broken heart, almost seeking to be close to the Lord, who's, who's not always, not, not that he's not always with us, but who's not always showing us his presence. Um, of course, we go through patches of consolation and patches of desolation in this spiritual life, but it's only natural that we would, um, we would ache in our hearts to be closer to the Lord. And there's many of the spiritual teachers of the church over the centuries who have spoken of prayer as desire. We can, if we desire the things of the Lord, then we pray. And therefore, that praying continually that Paul speaks about is that sort of that aching for more, that even to the point of being sorrowful, wanting that perfection of relationship with God that we don't yet have. Um, So I'd encourage you to not be afraid of being sorrowful for what God hasn't yet revealed to you or what he hasn't yet brought about or 
Um, perhaps it's even in the situation of our life and our relationships that we want God's grace to work. Because we're hoping for more, that means that we feel this frustration. Um, but it's a good thing that we have that hope. It's a good thing that we have that desire, and God wants to draw it forth more and more. Because in a very real way, the deeper we can ache with that sorrow and that desire, the deeper we will experience the joy. That's what I think Jesus is pointing out when he says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. I think it's a, a good thing in our Christian experience that we can, we can face sorrow, we can face grief um, in a really deep, really heartbreaking sort of way, but we can also then rejoice in a way that's more profound than anyone else in the world who doesn't know the joy of knowing Jesus. This kind of confidence that Jesus is inviting us into is to know that, yes, he's leading us along this path that seems wavy and up and down, but he is leading us to fullness of life with him, to the perfection of our relationship with him, and that we will see him perfectly at the end of that road. But that therefore we can, without fear, we can face sorrow. Without fear, we can face even fear or disappointment or um, the ache of that weeping and wailing that Jesus refers to. So let's hold that real hope that the promise of relationship with Jesus is in our hearts. Uh, let's cling to that and trust in him, whatever our experience may be today, whether weeping or wailing or rejoicing. We know that in the end, the Lord has only rejoicing for us.